the figs he's got the figs <laughs> what is going on that's right the versus avengers have returned team avengers have returned for another episode of versus and what episode is this it is the 25th episode holy moly guacamole it's time to <laughs> oh, oh, it's fun. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but today is uh, we get, we're taking a break from Kung Fu. Uh, Kung Fu Month is pretty much wrapped up. We had a blast during Kung Fu Month and the 24th annual 20, uh, Kung Fu Extravaganza as well. So we're going back to horror. That's right. My other favorite genre. That's right. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's introduce our guest here. We got Lewis Lager from Nerd Report. What up, everyone? Thanks for uh, bringing me back in here, man. I'm glad you uh, you honor my my input and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, you know, stuff. And hi, mom. How you doing? I made it to a big. <laughs> awesome. We got Rick Myers, Kung Fu Santa himself. That's right. Woo. Ooh, what do we have there? Let me, let me blow it up. Hold on. Book of Explo- the, world, the world of exploitation film. Oh! <laughs> Wait, I'm blowing it up. Do it again. Oops, got sexy sumo here. How you doing? <laughs> Impersonator. You took over. Nothing like the book. Yeah, this, is, this is the book you want to order for this episode. All, All right. right. Let's, let's blow that up here one more time. By Rick Myers. There we go. I just wanted to make sure they can see it. Hey, there we this go. This is must reading, said People Magazine. They actually said that. Yes. Nice. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, love the shirt, as always. Oh, yeah. All right. My horror shirt on. That's right. Horror. Sumo, we already we already saw you. Thanks again for joining us, my friend. Hey. Got the, got the, got the shirt there. Got the Freddy vs. Jason shirt representing horror. That's yeah. right. Aaron uh, Penn from it, Culture it, Cinema. How are you doing, my friend? It is horror, so I'm here, of course. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this more is my horror, More horror we do, man. We will be calling you to join us because we love your input, input and your insight. Master Chaos. That's right. The director of Blood Brothers up in the house, son. That's how we do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Ha- Thanks I'm, for- I'm happy to be back. You know, you call us the Avengers, but tonight we're the Dark Avengers. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. The nice, dark right? I, I, yeah. I actually just came up with that. That's how smart I am. <laughs> I'm, 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 very, I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to be back. It's been a while, and this is going to be a very tough episode. So yeah, it's going to be tough. But the tough everybody's uh, points. Oh, yeah. The tough ones are fun to do, though. Yeah. And we got Mr. Tony of the Dead. That's right. Actor extraordinaire. Not of the Act 72. Nice. Horror, that's right. Thanks for showing up and hanging out with us, my friend. And, of course, the honor. That's right. What an honor to have her back here on the show. That's right. (laughs) April Wright, director extraordinaire. (laughs) That's right. Directed phenomenal 
documentary that I highly recommend you guys check out. Stunt Women, the Untold Hollywood Story. It's phenomenal. Make sure you check that out. Everyone's in information so you can subscribe and support is in the description box of the video. All right, so we are here. Two titans are about to collide. That's right. Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> versus Freddy Got Fingered. All right. Let's do it. Halloween versus Nightmare on Elm Street. That's right. Two <laughs> icons. From Mannequin. For that two, <laughs> two classic movies. We're going to talk about it today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes. Uh, but first up, uh, we'll be back after this commercial break. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Deadtime stories. All brand new and straight from my boiler room to your home. It's Freddy Krueger on your phone. So dial this number now if you dare. Tell them that Freddy sent you. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. Hello, yeah, Mr. Kruger. Uh, could you uh, babysit my son tonight? Yeah, sure. the Fat Samurai show. We're going to be debating. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, he's 11. Cool, thank you. What's his name? <laughs> I had to play that. I came across that the other day. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't stop That's laughing. awesome. Yeah, that didn't make work. me feel old at all. Uh, but, yeah, I had to play that just for fun. All right, let's get into it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Halloween, 1974, directed by John Carpenter. The 78. Icon, the legend. Not 74. I'm sorry, 72. Sorry about that. Eight. Sorry, 78. 78. Sorry about that. All right. Classic movie. It's. Uh, I'm going to be brief, so make sure everyone else has a chance to talk. Uh, but, yeah, it just, you know, the first time, I didn't grow up with the movie. I didn't see it when I was young. I saw it later. Uh, maybe late teens. And I feel exactly the same way about it the first time I watched it. And it's it's a classic. It's a classic. It, you know, I am a fan of slashers. And, uh, you know, they're fun. And I like them. And I'm sticking to it. That's it. <laughs> but I'm a fun. I, you know, I'm a fan of all kinds of horror genres. I like them all. Uh, but there's just, I don't know, man. There's just something it's, it's something iconic about that theme song. Is it, I don't know. It might be the greatest horror theme song ever. I don't know. I mean, that's debatable. That could be another verses. <laughs> but it's just it's just a classic movie. You know, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, believe it or not, is with uh the great Donald Pleasance, is with Loomis. And it's it's not it's not the kills, it's not the stabs or anything. It's just Loomis telling the story about the past and talk about him meeting young Myers and trying to understand why he did what he did, but in the end by the at the end of the day it's just straight evil. And sometimes not knowing why is more scarier than knowing why. You know what I mean? Just, he's evil. That's it. The little kid went up there, killed his sister. He snapped one day and that was it. Sometimes not having an explanation is scarier than it being laid out for you. And, you know, this this is what I call, this scene here, it's one of my favorites in the movie. This is what I call the Quint in Jaws, uh, talking about his past uh, sequence, dealing with the sharks. And I, I just love this scene. And this this is what horror is all about. Steer, you know, st stories like this. T telling stories about the boogeyman. Yep. You know, scaring us little kids. You know, we couldn't sleep at night. You know, that's what it's all about. But, you know, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, I just enjoy the film. It's a classic. I got 
Halloween figs in the back there, posters, all that stuff. I'm a huge fan of this movie. And I still enjoy it to this day. I just got done watching it in 4K, and the picture quality is amazing. Nice. And I, I still feel the same about it. I still really, really enjoy the movie. All right, that's it for me. Oh, I got to point this out. That in, as much as I love this movie, did anyone else find it fucking hilarious that, uh, you know, Myers is driving around in the car? <laughs> 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 this, come on, this is hilarious. Come on, this is funny. As great as the movie is, I thought that was hilarious. That always makes me laugh. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and switch it to Lewis. Yeah, and you forgot that there's a scene right there with the warehouse scene with the uh, he's actually looking both ways before he turns left. He's actually a precautious uh, a precocious driver. <laughs> you only see that when it's in 4K actually. And that scene in there, which is weird, is what's the matter? Speed kills or whatever the, the thing is. He actually gets pissed off and, and stops. Remember that scene with the with the ladies as he's stalking them. And uh, yeah. it's silly, but then I figure, well, Myers kind of has like a childish um, mind to him because he was a little kid. He was six when he committed those murders. So yeah. there's still that conflict. I love this movie. I, I got introduced into uh, to the series with part four, uh, two. And uh, and then as I grew, grew older, um, you know, I started admiring part one more than any of them, actually. The music's fantastic. It's a, it's a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, it's the origins of the boogeyman. The music's perfect. I don't even know if the editing's awesome. I mean, it's it's like a lot of mistakes came together and made an, a, a perfect film. Like, there's a lot of mistakes here. Like, editing mistakes, audio's awful. Um, the freaking acting's kind of awful, but it just freaking worked. It's like everything totally. worked in this. Everything totally worked for this movie, right? And it's like the shape. It's anything you want it to be. It's a Rorschach. The, the like the face like you don't know it, it's just incredible and like it's easy to look back now and say well it's just a slasher you know that that uh, guy with a knife that gets up after he gets shot but you got to remember back then he was among the first or if not the first I mean the only thing the only movie this movie uh, kind of mimicked was uh, Black Christmas uh, really with the cinematography and everything. Um, and stuff and the Christmas theme, which I believe Black Christmas wasn't really called Black Christmas. Was it called something else? I don't know what, but yeah, I love this film. If we're talking about what we love about it, it's amazing. It's uh, it's one and done, actually. You know, to me, it's one and done. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there anything I hated about it? No, I love the fact that at the end of the movie, Nick picks. No, man. I mean, I love the fact that at the end of the movie, um, he's everywhere. Like when the breathing, you know, like he's everywhere now. He turned into something supernatural, or did he? Like they don't really explain it, but it's freaking awesome. I don't know, man. I could stay hours talking about the movie, uh, how awesome it is and, and stuff. What, what more could I say? You know. All right, all right, all right. Awesome. Yeah. April. Ooh, I get to go next. Yeah. Well, Halloween is one of my favorite, not just horror or genre movies, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I have a pretty long list about reasons to like it. Um, first off, I think 
um, first off, it was a completely independent film. It didn't have studio support when they made it. So that's very admirable. John Carpenter, uh, I mean, it's two core legends up against each other tonight between John Car Carpenter and Wes Craven, you can't go wrong. But Carpenter, especially for this film, had the benefit of Deborah Hill, who was a great producer, helped write it. She appears in the movie as the hands grabbing the knife in the opening. And I think her influence on the female characters and their dialogue and all of that um, helped the film. I think the casting was really smart, um, casting the daughter of Janet Lee and giving Jamie Lee Curtis her first role. Um, you know, that's something we would try to do today if we were making a horror film. How can we get the son or daughter of somebody famous and give them their first film? <laughs> um, and also casting a seasoned person like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. That scene you were talking about earlier, because he's such a good actor and has so much gravitas, he makes the story so credible of Michael Myers and how evil he is that you believe it and you're going with it for the whole film. So he he adds that, um, you know, qualifies the, the level of the problem in a way that other actors probably couldn't do um, this. This theme song we already talked about, but I think it, and and. Nightmare on Elm Street has good music too, but John Carpenter wrote that song. And I would argue that it's also not just for horror films, but it's one of the best, you know, theme song scores of any film. So recognizable. Um, it's right up there with Jaws for me. <laughs> uh, the mask is Captain Kirk. So <laughs> right there. <laughs> that might be all the points that you need. Um, uh, PJ Souls being in it um, is, is a big plus for me. It might be one of the first movies where it has uh, a, a female character who spills something on her and has to go to the laundry room where she's in like a scary laundry room in the dark by herself. And, um, and I also give it bonus points for using um, Don't Fear the Reaper in the soundtrack when Lori and Annie are, are in the car, which Wes Craven does use that song remade later in Screams, paying homage to this. So, um, so many things to love about it. That, that I might have more, but that's uh, that's my main list. Copy that. Awesome. Master Chaos. Well, uh, let's be honest. Halloween is the horror movie. That's the one that everyone thinks about. Like, what should I watch for Halloween? Halloween. Uh, that's the one that everyone that either starts with or is aware of or just goes to because it is the quintessential boogeyman movie. Now, you know, when you talk about uh, the film from a, a structural standpoint, it is a very slow moving film. It's almost it's almost European in that way, because nothing really happens till the end. Laurie and, and, and Michael Myers don't even really interact to the last maybe five minutes. I mean, it's probably even less than that. But this movie is has this aura of dread the whole damn time. There's never a point where you're bored with this movie. But, you know, and that, that makes it rewatchable. That's what separates a bad slasher movie from a good slasher movie. You like the characters. You like the atmosphere. You like the feeling it gives you. And you want to rewatch it. You want to re-experience it. Um, for example, Scream. We, uh, uh, April brought that up. I mean, I think Scream is a masterpiece. And if tonight it was it was Halloween versus uh, uh, another West Craven film, if it was Scream, I would give it to Scream. 
um, is I just have a deeper connection to that film, and I think the script is better. Halloween, however, has a lot going for it. Tonight, though, my decision is going to lie on what is a better single movie? Because we can debate the franchise going off in different directions and whatever. Uh, the continuity for, for the Halloween franchise makes no sense. Nightmare sort of stayed on track for the most part. Uh, so it's going to be hard for me to decide. But when it comes to Halloween, I just think it's a marvelous movie. Uh, I don't really have any nitpicks beyond, you know, I could see how somebody coming in like a, someone of today's era trying to give it a watch might come in and be, oh, it's a little boring. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you, you hear that people watching The Exorcist and they get bored. I'm like, are, are you fucking kidding me? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, there's just so much <laughs> in, in, in Halloween that is uh, perfectly dreadful. And that's what you want from a spooky movie. And it delivers that. And, and if you examine it, nothing really happens for a long time. But it doesn't have to. When it happens, it's shocking. There's no blood in the movie either, which is, you know, something that Scream does get wrong. Uh, but uh, it's it doesn't need blood. It's it's more about that atmosphere and that feeling. The boogeyman is everywhere. You never know when you're going to run into him. He is everywhere. He is everyone. And that is the message of the movie. I, I think it's, I honestly think it's a masterpiece. And that's why it's lasted this long. And that's why it's got the love that it does. And it's not just because it was the first slasher movie. And without Halloween, there wouldn't be any others. Um, you know, it, there's a reason that that movie has lasted. It's because it's a good entry point. Um, and it tick, it kind of ticks all the boxes. It, it, could, it almost works as an art house film, and it works as a lean and mean slasher movie. Uh, and it's a perfect Halloween movie. Enough said. That those are my that's my feeling on Halloween. I, I I love it very much. Awesome. And April, you know, if anything else comes up, you, you can just jump in whenever. We do that. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, and then this, you know, we do that. So it's, that's fine. Feel free. Tony, we're not going to leave you last this time, buddy. <laughs> Um, well, Halloween, uh, is kind of nostalgic for me cause, uh, it's started like me kind of getting into horror, which was thanks to my mom. Uh, we went to the local, you know, video store and rented Halloween and watched it for the first time. And I liked it. And then she goes, let's watch the second one. Cause it picks right up after the first one. I was like, okay. And then we watched that. So like, that has a nostalgic feel for me. Um, my mom, for some reason, got afraid of horror later on in life. For some reason, I don't know why, but she introduced me to it. And uh, so, like I said, nostalgic there. I do, I like Michael Myers. I like that, you know, like you can't reason with him. You know, you're just forget it, you're dead. Like he doesn't care. I like how um, I do love the theme song. Uh, I love that it's a mask. You know, obviously, you can't see emotion, it's, there is none, but like you can't see. Nothing, you know. He's scary. Um, things I don't like about the movie, though, I don't like that the mask is Captain Kirk because that's all I see when I look at it. Um, I think the theme song is played way too many times in the movie. Like, it's, like, constant. And I think... I, now, that doesn't mean I don't like the movie, but I think it's way overhyped. Okay. For, I think a lot of people right. really, really, I love the movie, but like, I just think it's like the bar set away up here and I'm just like, it's good, you know? Right. right. Um, I love the atmosphere too. Like, I love the look of it. Um, 
Halloween, of course, you know. Uh, Loomis is great. Um, what are, what are one or two uh, films you would put above Halloween? Oh, God. On the spot? <laughs> well, you said it's not up here. It's here, so what is up here? Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Okay, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Halloween 2. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you like you like Halloween 2 more than Halloween? Yeah. All right. That's interesting. That's interesting. All right. um, but knowing that, knowing, knowing that the mask is Captain Kirk. Yeah. That's not the movie's fault because those masks, when they were made, not even Captain Kirk or anyone that followed Star Trek thought they looked like Captain Kirk. That's because you were told in the making it's a Captain Kirk mask. Or did you know watching the movie? Like, when did you first see the movie? Well, now all I see is him. Back then, <laughs> I, I didn't know that. But yeah, so that's I not see. really the movie's fault. Like, you know what I mean? And it's an is, alternate- it, is it in the movie, though? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, okay, you know the lightsabers are CGI in Star Wars. You can't like blame the movie for that. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? Look, let him let him finish. You know, I don't how, have enough. How do you how do you mute him? Can I mute him? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Well, usually I know I people like that are Captain mute. Kirk. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm I'm a Picard guy. There you go. Yeah, mute me because I got good points. Luis, <laughs> right. don't let him you didn't have to defend everything you said. Don't make him defend everything he said. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. I don't know what I was saying. Uh, was there anything other? You enjoyed well, the film, she, but was April there anything asked other me about, uh, negative like, the things two about that I put above it? I, off, the, off the top of my head, I, I really don't know. Like, I do like Halloween 2 more. Okay. Um, I like Halloween 3, even though it's not Myers. Yeah, so do know, I. Yeah. But, and we're not talking about the rest of those. But I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I'll, I'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do like the movie. Um, I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Overall, you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. I, I do watch it on Halloween. Way. I do watch it on Halloween. Okay. So. All right. Copy I do that. own the right. own the whole franchise and everything. But uh. All right. Yeah. Copy that. All right, Aaron. Hey. This uh, Halloween's a favorite of mine, uh, but. Playing devil's advocate, I'm going to analyze it a bit. <clears throat> okay. So I'm glad you mistakenly said 1974 initially because inspiration <laughs> for Halloween, Black Christmas. Uh, Halloween's not the first slasher film. <clears throat> uh, it's the, the popular slasher film that made a lot of money that opened the door. It's not the slasher film either that got slasher films going. That would be Friday the 13th in 1980. That would be the one that really sets the, the bar going for slasher films. Now, with that being said, I think this is an excellent film. Uh, one mentioned there was uh, the Rorschach test with the mask, right? And this is how you see what went wrong with Rob Zombie's Halloween series. Is that he looked at it and said, gee, I wonder what Michael Myers was thinking. I wonder, I wonder what's going on behind, that, behind those eyes. No one cares. <laughs> It's, it's the boogeyman is scary because he's the boogeyman because you don't know why. Yeah. Whereas, like Scream would say later on, you know, like motives don't matter and they don't in this film. The uh, soundtrack is excellent, though. If you've ever tried watching this movie with the set without a without the soundtrack, it doesn't always work as well. <clears throat> That's what. But the soundtrack is fantastic in uh, in this film. I love the casting. 
Uh, it's weird to think that Donald, you know, Donald Pleasance wasn't originally going to be Loomis. That was going to be Christopher Lee. Would have been oh. so different if he had said yes. And I don't think it would have been as iconic because Pleasance just has this weird, unique style uh, to him mm. that I that I utterly adore. Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in this. And one of the reasons is because she is so different from the character that she plays. <clears throat> she was not this character. She was pretty much the... Uh, she was the Nancy Loomis or PJ Souls type of character, so she was playing against type. So she was doing really good here. Before this, I think she had only done like uh, some TV stuff, like a lot of like probably like police woman, police story, you know, episodic shows, stuff like that. Uh, but I, um, I do like the mask. Uh, I, the hard thing about the mask though is that it becomes so hard to replicate, and you would think, okay, it's it's a, it's just a Captain Kirk mask, so it's you know it's easy to do, and but it hasn't been. Because Halloween 2, you know, because one, well, Dick Warlock's face is a different shape, different size. The mask is different. But as we go through, if you've seen Halloween 4, Halloween H2O, oh, my God, uh, the mask <laughs> and that are probably the worst that, that you've ever seen. But for some reason, like, everything aligns. And the original Halloween, the mask is perfect. The, like, the, like the, the, the way it's shot, like the way it's set, the lighting, kind of the, the use over the film, it's gorgeous. And it takes a lot from, and I know I don't know if Carpenter's ever ever acknowledged this or ever mentioned this, but I'm going to say it right now. It takes some stuff from Jallo. <clears throat> There's some very Jallo-esque aspects to this, and not just in the film and the way that. Um, there's. God, I wish I could remember the name. There's, there's a there's a there's a soundtrack that's kind of similar. To what to help to John Carpenter's Halloween, and I'm sure Rick's going to probably mention that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, there's it's 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 a great film. Is it a perfect film? It's all the stars aligned to make this the film that it is. But there are things there like oh, I love it. Is it going to be my pick? I'm not saying yet. But uh, is it you know is it fair to to talk about it without analyzing? some of the other structural files. No, you got to have both of them there. But the script, I love. The film, I love the pacing. And for Halloween, is great. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a kid that grew up but like with the film. Um, I think like me and probably Rick and, and maybe Sam and I were probably the only people old enough to like remember <laughs> these films back in the day. Um, I remember Thank Halloween you for that. Theater. But, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it came to, to, but I remember when Halloween came to ABC. That was a insanely crazy time. Uh, I was I was at my mom's, and we were playing the commercial. It was the middle of the day, and I'm I'm just getting ready to go outside, and the and the TV's blaring because we always had TV on loud, and like the Halloween commercial plays, and it's got that the guy with the you know that TV announcer with the with the creepy voice, right? Talking about you know tonight premiering on ABC for the very first time, John Carpenter's now classic Halloween, and I think because Halloween two was coming out, some it was around that point. And it was just one of the most insanely scary times of my childhood. Um, there's that one, and one I'll talk about another time if we ever do a movie called Terror Train, because that one creeped the hell out of me for the for the exact same reason. Guys, like for the younger people out there right now, the 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 thing of seeing TV, like horror movies on TV, it's just 
something that you're missing out on now because you can just go anywhere and just go netflix streaming everything but when you get these like horror movies kind of just popping up randomly on television you waited for october you waited for these special times these were event times and he scared the hell out of you that's my it's fun <laughs> <laughs> i think i think david copperfield was the scariest in terror train <laughs> i have a story about terror train <laughs> he was creepy <laughs> We should do Always we should do Terra Train in the future. All right, Aaron. Are you done? I'm done. Oh, that's my, okay. that's my <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. Sexy sumo. Yes, Go sir. for it, brother. Um, well, growing growing up as a kid, um I saw this movie, I think, for the first time when it premiered on Fox. You know, remember when they used to have those Monday night movies, eight o'clock at night, you know, get done with your homework and you just pop it on. Yeah. First time seeing it, obviously it's edited. So seeing its entirety was like, eh, it was it was an okay film, you know. Down the road, I I saw it at the video store, rented it, and I was like, damn, this is a good movie, you know. Seeing it in an uncensored way and, and seeing its entirety is like, wow, it's really good, you know. And then moving on down, seeing the the sequel to it, uh, which followed right after it, which was something that's not too common because usually they kind of you know go forward a couple of years or or months. But this is like directly right after the first one ends, which is really good, you know. And and just the sequences, and they're like, I agree with a lot of you guys when you know the music obviously is iconic. Um, a lot of the scenes, the creep factor, you know, uh, and and the little nuances in there were just makes it really eerie and, and scary, which is really good. But you know, growing up in a Mexican household, I've been watching movies since I was six years old, uh, so nothing really scared me. But it was just really nice to see and, and really enjoy for what it was. You know, and, and like I said, I've I, I loved, all, I've seen all of them. Um, do I like the majority of them? Probably not. <clears throat> but the first two really resonate really well, and they're really good. I even like the 2018 uh, direct sequel uh, to the first one, which was also really great, you know, done. I'm looking forward to the next two coming out after that, you know, because they look really good as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's a lot of positives on that one. Um, negative wise, uh, nothing, nothing really to nitpick at. I mean, it's, it's a really well done movie for being Carpenter's early stuff. <clears throat> you know, being one of his first first films. You know, and then seeing all those actors that you see nowadays just you know shining for the first time on a film like that is like, you know, especially Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, acting really gullible at the beginning and then really dramatic at the end is like, you know, it's, it's a it's a really nice change for her and it's, it's really cool, man. It's really nice. Uh, but that's that's pretty much all I got. But I mean, like I said, I I really liked the movie. It was really right. good. Awesome. All right, Kung Fu Santa. I get to ruin it for everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, how many people have saw this when it premiered in the theater? Anybody see it in the theater? I've seen it Just in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it when it came out? No. It was about a year or so after the premiere. Did you? No, no, it's not like about it, like a year or two after when it kind of re-released. Okay, you see, it's fascinating that, you see, I was there at the birth of flasher films, and I was kind of involved in them, because I was working for Starlog, then I went to Famous Monsters of Filmland, and Tom Savini always treasured me because I put his makeup for Jason on the cover of Famous Monsters, something he always wanted to happen to his makeup. And then I was... I, you know, I interviewed John Carpenter, uh, and uh, this is what John Carpenter, reading from the book of Rick, 
<laughs> this is what John Carpenter said about the making of Halloween. It's not very long. Irwin had an idea. Irwin is the Irwin Yablons, the uh, producer. Irwin mm -hmm. had an idea to do the babysitter murders. And I went along because I wanted to make movies. At one point, Irwin called up and said, how about calling it Halloween and having it take place on Halloween night? At that point, this thing really took shape. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> what a great premise. Not make a movie about a babysitter killer, but make a movie about Halloween night. I sat down with Deborah Hill, who I had met when, I, when she served as script supervisor on Assault on Precinct 15, was my writing partner and producer, and we produced a script in about eight days. It followed the maniac on the loose premise, but we tried to make it a little bit more. Three weeks later, we were shooting. We shot for 20 days, and it fell right into place. It was the simplest movie I ever made. All it was was a stylistic exercise strung together with a threadbare plot. That's why it was so much fun. That's what he said. And that was awesome, and I was really looking forward to it. Now... You get, I mean, for instance, Tony, you reacted to your childhood and that you knew it was the William Shatner mask. I reacted to Captain Kirk mask. I reacted to the fact that I grew up with James Bond. I grew up with Sherlock Holmes. So that's where I was. I grew up with the great universal monsters and then with the great hammer monsters. So when the slashers started happening, I'm like going, well, wait a minute. This doesn't. You know, I have been taught to expect certain things to happen in what I considered horror movies. And it wasn't happening in these. But I watched Halloween, and I had one of the greatest experiences in a movie theater for Halloween that had only was only matched years later by The Sixth Sense. About halfway through the... Now, remember, I'm being brought up by on Sherlock Holmes. Halfway through The Sixth Sense, I go, ooh, and also being a writer. Uh, of both novels and nonfiction, I was. I said, what, "Oh, wow! What if Bruce Willis is dead?" And then I kept watching the movie. Go! I think he is dead. I think he is dead. I think he is dead. And when it's exposed at the end that he's dead, I went, "Yo!" I mean, I was <laughs> gratified. It was Spoilers. Just yeah. So I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching Halloween, and as I'm watching, I'm going, "Oh my God! He's not the boogeyman." I know exactly who he is. John Carpenter has made a Playfair murder mystery movie. He lays clues throughout the entire film. If you watch it again with what I'm going to say, and I won't tell you the solution unless you want to know the solution. In fact, I wrote, Halloween has been very influential in my writing career. Halloween gave birth to this novel, Fear Itself. Halloween also gave birth to this novel, which I wrote under the name Wade Barker. And this is still my, uh, the, the Ninja Master series, which I wrote, was, uh, still my biggest selling series. And this is entirely what I thought Halloween should have been. Mm. You want to know? I'll tell you. It's a Playfair mystery. Clue number one. Loomis and his nurse come onto the uh, sanitarium grounds and all the loonies are out on the lawn. Michael has let them loose. Clue number two, the next time you see him, he's in Haddonfield, he's killed a cop, and I believe he's putting the cop in the trunk of the police car. Clue number three, 
Now, let's see. I don't want to miss clue number three. Okay, the major, yeah. There, I'm missing a clue, but that doesn't matter. I'll get to the major clue. There's only one. Oh, yeah. Every time Michael is killed, he is not on screen for at least a couple of seconds. His body is out of sight. The final clue, not the final clue, but the, the penultimate clue, the clue that would have tipped Sherlock Holmes off, is that the only time he stops going after Laurie Strode was when she almost gets his mask off. He breaks away and pulls the mask back off. I, is, are you sure that's from Halloween and not from Halloween 2? Because I don't remember seeing his Halloween face. 2, they cut his face off uh, because they yeah. don't like the actor. Okay, yeah, well, because he still broke away and put his mask back on. That's the only time. Why didn't he just keep him killing? Why, he, why would he care that she saw his face? And if Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Poirot was doing a denouement, or Dr. Loomis was doing a denouement at the end, let me get to the last clue. Loomis shoots him six times. He goes off the balcony. They look down, he's gone. Well, yeah. If I if you're there, he's the boogeyman. If I'm there, I'm going, I know exactly what he did. The clues are there for you. Can anybody has anybody figured it out? No, tell okay. Us. Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot, would go to Laurie and say, He stopped attacking you when you took his mask off. Why do you think that was? Because it was an extension of himself. You think he was afraid. No, remember, Sherlock and Hercule and Rick are not thinking this is supernatural. Mm -hmm. Are thinking it's just completely natural. He's a mass murderer. He's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. So, did he stop because he was afraid he would recognize him? Or was he afraid he wouldn't recognize him? That's the key with his body being missing for a couple of seconds and all the loonies being out on the lawn. When Michael Myers showed up in town, Michael Myers is too smart to do all the killing himself. He had all his psychotic friends with him from the sanitarium. And every time one of them got killed, they would take the mask off and give it to someone else. And at the end, that's what I was hoping would happen at the end. When Loomis looks out and Loomis says, I know exactly what's happening, calls out to Michael, better yet, in this book, they go back to the sanitarium and they find out and they go to the, the boss's office in the sanitarium. And it turns out to be in this book, I create I did. It's not called Michael Myers, by the way, no relation. Um, it's not it's not Michael Myers. It was another name in this book. But he is in the boss's <clears> office <throat> sanitarium because he got all the psychotic friends to kill all the actual staff. And he took over the loonies had taken over the lunatic asylum. <laughs> And so at the end of this thing, he would have called out Michael, and suddenly behind every bush and behind every tree, there would be a psycho with a mask on, and they would all look at him. That's the solution of the movie. So I'm watching the movie. doesn't happen. And I go, it's still a great movie. still love it. And then, I, I don't know if John said this to me or he said it to another reporter, but at the time, he said, I'm looking forward to Halloween 2 because there's some things I want to straighten out. And I thought, oh, great, Halloween 2 is, go- is going to be that where they're going to reveal that it was all that bad. And of course, Halloween 2 is like, the worst, to my mind, the worst in the series. So that's where these books came up with me rewriting the series. And, and we will continue this little story because I've also interviewed Wes Craven. And okay. uh, 
know him very well when we get to the next one. So my issue is not with the movie that was left, but the movie that I wanted it to be. And that's uh. why I wanted it to be that way. Because mm-hmm. I like rationality and justice. Right, right. So you, you were expecting a whole different reveal. I was I was thrilled for that whole different reveal. And I yeah. don't hold it against Halloween. I hold it against Halloween too. Okay. Really because Halloween as a film on its own is awesome. So Myers has a playful side here. He uh yeah. <laughs> took yeah. some time out to put a sheet on and some glasses. That's how we do it, right? That's not my driving, around, driving around town, you know. Being, being, there's some, there's following blue, safety, safety protocol. Glasses. <laughs> well, all right. Let's I enjoyed. I enjoyed oh, hearing ahead, that. Yeah, I, was me too. Enjoyed, I enjoyed hearing that, and I find it very interesting. But for me personally, I I don't see that. I don't see how one loony can organize all the other loonies towards his thing. Why, if they're free, they wouldn't pursue their own things. And I always took it back to his original crime of killing the sister. So once he got free, he went back to that town to look for other girls like his sister. That's how I always saw the psychology. He also protects Leah. But again, it not only works if he's supernatural. If he's a human being, it doesn't work because he keeps getting killed. And the point here is that, of course, when he's in the sanitarium, because he's very smart, he's got the last name Myers. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree that he gets killed. I'm not sure I agree that he gets killed. Maybe he gets. I don't know. Well, he gets shot point blank in the chest. Oh, and that's the other clue. When he when he kills the cop, he could have used the bulletproof vest. I think you have a good. I think you have a good movie there, but it's not how it's not like Halloween because the problem is. After I did. Because because Dr. Loomis knows exactly how Michael Myers looks. So when he took off his mask, it was Michael Myers. And also, uh, he um, uh, John Carpenter wrote wrote the sequel. John Carpenter wrote the sequel, and he was influenced by the Empire Strikes Back uh, reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's father. That's why he made Laurie Strode uh, the sister. And John Carpenter, actually, from what I understand, I could be wrong, uh, but I keep hearing over and over he doesn't he didn't, he had no interest in continuing that series. It's like a one and done. Wes Craven, but we'll get to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would say real quick. When he takes the mask mask off, he puts it back on because his face is disfigured. And he doesn't want Lloyd to see his fucked up face. I I think that's that's how I interpreted that. Actually, that's what's great about this movie, all the different interpretations. But I will say this. What scared me the most was that he actually looks normal. After he takes yeah. off his mask, that eyeball, that eyeball being swollen, is a result of Lori hitting him with the clothes hanger inside the the, the closet. So he's when, not. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say when he was a kid and he killed his sister, he also wore a mask. So to yeah. kill, he has to put the mask on. He yeah. has something to, with that. He has yes. to shield himself to kill. Yeah, I think see it like kind of a disassociative identity disorder type of thing. Yeah, yeah I. I Gives you like this whole persona that you can actually do things that you wouldn't normally like uh, do. Like when the mask comes off, I don't see him like as taken off. Like one, the whole sister thing. John Carpenter was drunk. He was drunk when he did that. He yeah, that. yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, like I can't. He had writer's block, and he's like, uh, making the sister. Before we go, a whole idea. I would like to ask April how you feel about this. One of the other thing that I've been unhappy about lately is that. Michael Myers gets to go through his life and do what he wants to do. Laurie has to suffer 
and give up her life because of what he did to her. And in these new sequels, she had, she had, I was very unhappy about that. I thought, I thought that was just patently unfair that the killer gets to live the life he wants. Poor Lori, Lori has to pay with the sanity of her entire life. How do you feel about that? Well, the way I saw it, the way I, I always saw the movie is that it was just a single contained movie and he was the little brother that grew up. Like I said, he came back to the town. That was his obsession. He wasn't supernatural in the first one. They had to make him that and add those elements to keep going to keep creating the sequel. So the part you're talking about, about how it affected the life and that he got to keep going is a device of making sequels. Right. right. That's right. That's one of the reasons that ruined the slasher movie. But again, we'll get onto that in uh, All right. Nightmare also, I want to add one more plus about Halloween is uh, there's not just one uh, track or or song or whatever you want to call it. We always think of the dun 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 dun. All right, but there's also dun 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 dun. dun. There's a lot of them. There's there's a lot of them. There's like. Four or five of them that are awesome. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. There's a lot of creepiness in there. And it By sounds way, like shit and awesome at the same time. By the way, you were absolutely right. John Carpenter was well aware of Diallo. He was aware of ah, there you go, also very well aware. That's why he loved this soundtrack, because it was his homage to those mm-hmm. great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Next movie. Oh, let's do this. Oh. Okay, let's move on here. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street came out 1994. <laughs> Ah, just want to make sure you guys are awake. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it 78? Right. Is it <laughs> 78, 72? I'll get, I'll get the date one day. All right. <laughs> this movie I saw clips of uh, when I was when I was a youngin, and uh, my my sisters had cable, and they were watching it, and I was. This scared the crap out of me, man. <laughs> scared the crap out of me. I couldn't even watch all of it. Like I just, you know, just peek out from behind the couch and then ah, little samurai go run away, you know, and then in the bedroom and just hide, you know. So I really, I really didn't get a chance to see it uh, uh, until later, until I got a little bit older. I did see this before Halloween, though. Uh, but I, when I finally got a chance to watch it. Uh, of course, you know, pan scan, edit it on TV. That's how we do it. It's, it's the only way we could do it back then. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I actually loved it more when I saw it on VHS on cut, R-rated. That's how we do it. The gore, the excitement, the blood. You know, it's getting nasty here. You know, I, I, I loved it even more. And so over time, man, I just became a huge, you know, Freddy Krueger fan. And I enjoy the sequels. I like, I like some sequels, you know, more than others. My personal favorite is Dream Warriors. That's my personal favorite out of the whole franchise. I love it. Uh, but th- this one, you know, I-, I had to rewatch it to see if it still holds up uh, to prepare for verses. So I haven't watched this in years. It's been a long time. And I watched it, still enjoyed it, still had fun with it. Um, you know, obviously when you get older, some things that may, ha- may have scared you as a child, you, c- you kind of laugh a little bit now. You still have fun with it. You're still nostalgia about it. But you kind of have, you know, you kind of have to laugh a little bit. Now, this scared the crap out of me for some reason, if I could find it here. This shot of Freddy scared the shit out of me. <laughs> when I was yeah. little. <laughs> this scared the shit out of me, man. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. Where's my pillow? My 
putting it over my face. Now when I watch it, it's hilarious. Now I kind of crack up looking at it now. still have fun with it. I still like the scene. But there's stuff like that, you know, especially when you have scenes like, uh, you know, you know, I'm your boyfriend now. You know, it's hilarious. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. But, there's, you know, like I said, not it, it wasn't as scary as it was when I was younger, obviously. But did I have a blast watching it? Oh, man. It's a classic. I love this movie. It's really good. And uh, it's interesting because it's almost like it's a supernatural slasher now, in a way. And the visuals, the, I mean, for, the, for such a low-budget movie, this is another independent type flick. But there's some really memorable and iconic visuals that stick with you, man. I mean, there's so much good stuff. And it's so bad when they had the cheap set to, to pull this off, and they still made it work. But yet in the big-budget remake... Big time. They fucked it up. It's like, really? You have all this money, you have all this time now, and you could not make this iconic shot memorable for your movie. You know, And that's the problem with a lot of modern-day horror movies. They, they, they missed the point. You know, it's all uh, CGI heavy. You know, it'll it'll work as long as we get the butts in it. But you know, it's like people don't remember. You know, I think I was already falling asleep with the opening credits of the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, reboot remake. I was already falling asleep just from the opening credits. You know, and I felt sorry for the actor who played Freddy in that because he's actually a good actor, but it's not his fault. But that's another discussion. Remakes. That's another discussion versus remakes. We'll do that in the future. Uh, but yeah, it's iconic. It's fantastic. I like the score. Uh, I like Halloween's score better, but I still love the score in this one. But um, in, in terms of negative things to talk about it, I can't really think of a lot to to smash it with. But uh, overall, as of right now, unless I think of something else later, uh, phenomenal film. Love it. Lewis. Yeah, man. I, I, I got to say, I'm going to tell you right now, I pick Halloween. But don't ever think just because what? we criticize. Well, just because we criticize, we're trying. It's a versus, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about what makes Halloween better or whatever, but don't think by no stretch of the imagination that Nightmare on Elm Street is a bad movie. This is freaking, it's like awesome one versus awesome two, in my right. opinion, this versus, right? right? So okay. it's not, it's just we're doing the debate, the fun, whatever. But holy cow, man, I remember this film. Uh, the older kids were telling me, nah, you got to watch it's It's on uh, It's on cable or whatever. And, mm -hmm. I, and I put it on. It was such, this movie is trippy, dude. Like, like it's a trip the way it's filmed it's just like you don't know who's awake who's sleeping when you're awake when you're sleeping um the 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 adult the worst the thing that got me here too or one of them the adults are assholes you know yeah. like you don't even you don't even know what is this real or just assholes you know shout out to it chapter 1 borrowed that kind of tone for the first film right which i really liked as well but but yeah this this movie and talk about the creativity of the 80s. Uh, not only does Freddy come at you in his dream, in the dreams, which they would have made a movie just, that's it. He has a glove that, that extends like Wolverine claws. I mean, it's like a double whammo, right? Um, so, yeah, man, this, this movie all the way around is, is awesome. If I have to nitpick, it's like, I think it, it doesn't follow its own rules within its own movie. I thought it was awesome how you could go into a dream state and pull things out of the dream. And I felt like eventually they were going to pull Freddy out and make him real when I first saw it. And then they don't do that. Like what? And then the ending is like, what's going, what, what's going on, but it's a, what's going on in a way 
that I don't care what's going on because it already like it went too like too right. too much. Like, is what still, is the rules is here? Still, is she still asleep? What's going yeah. on? Now? Yeah. In opposed to Halloween, you're like, well, he's crazy. That's why he has all those that strength. And he's crazy. That's why he took the bullets. But six of them is a lot. So is he supernatural or is it? So you got kind of like, you know, you're debating. It's more interesting. And opposed to, uh, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, what, what's going on here? It just, it, it gets too, too, too out there for me. Uh, that's the only criticism, but it's not really a criticism because I still like it. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to explain it for me. Sequel wise, I like Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 4. And uh, I guess that those are the, the cream of the crop for me. And as far, as far as um nightmare, it's one and one and three uh, are the are the good ones. But uh, then the remake, like you said, is awful. Uh, you know, uh, Freddie got too much into like one liner, one one liner type of thing. But I'll still watch them and enjoy them. Yeah. F it, you know. But yeah, that's what I gotta say. That's why I pick Halloween more. It's uh, it's it's more just basic slasher and stuff. And when you start getting to supernatural horror, for, uh, like too much, I don't know what the rules are. And that's one of the reasons I don't like the Conjuring. It's like. What's like what are these like what's going on here? Like, it, there's a demon over there that if you do this, you stop it, did, but then you do you, this did, and it's still going on. It's like, what did you, what, what? Did you enjoy the original Candyman? No, oh, or Hellraiser, okay. or Hellraiser. Oh, wow. not, all right, but so, I understand there's a fan base for them, and I would yeah. never say, Hey, yeah. F those, yeah, it's just not your thing, yeah, based on fact. Come on, bro. I had respect for you before you said that. <laughs> I'm sorry you don't uh, believe it, but it was. I met So is Psycho. So is, and it's, yeah, fact that I people have two legs. Like, no, man. It's it's a stretch. It's a stretch. For you. Well, that's a, yeah. That's well, another versus, though. Is the what conjuring movie uh, are you talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the Warren. Based on the actual facts of the Warren, of the Warren couple doing research and investigations into real life supernatural happenings. But yeah, and, and none of, loose, they're loosely based off of Yeah, that. they're loosely, bro, like really loosely. Well, only one of us is in a position to actually say that because only <laughs> one of them has actually read the actual reports. Hmm. So, yes. Okay. Yeah, and have you read the reports that disprove them? Have you they read the disprove the report? I've read, I've read their book. I met them. They autographed their book to me. Oh, okay. So if they autograph the book, that makes it all real. Oh, well, more real. All right. That's the next person. <laughs> <laughs> Conjuring franchise <laughs> coming up soon. Coach Luciana, we got to move on. You. We got to move on. I love you, man. I got to get going, but I pick right, Halloween. Louis. Thanks, all right, everyone, uh, for being here. I'll, I'll keep yeah, watching. Man, take, I'm gonna go. Subscribe Woo! to Nerd Report. See you next time, brother. Bye-bye. Conjuring versus. Conjuring versus coming up. Conjuring. <laughs> it's real. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right. Wow. April. <laughs> April. Oh, I get to go next. All right. Well, like I said before, I feel like both of these are two uh, horror masters up against each other. Um, the stuff that was great about Nightmare on Elm, Elm, Elm Street, um, of course, Johnny Depp's first role, and he dies in a most amazing way. So that's yes. awesome. And I have to agree that at the level of uh, of effects, 
and um, most of them done as real effects, not CG. I don't yeah. think, in fact, probably all of them um, for for the budget and for the time, they were they all were amazing. All the things, the walking, you showed a bunch of them already. Yeah, there we go, spinning around the room, walking, you know, through those steps that are like, you know, mushy and all the things that, yeah, all this stuff was really incredible. And, um, I think it also had a great score, a very scary score, but it also had the jump rope, the one, two, Freddy's coming yeah, for you, three, yeah. four, that became creepy as hell and really iconic. Um, so that's really, really huge for me too. Um, and um, yeah, and, and Heather Leggenkamp, you know, she really is the, the character that pulls you through and you believe her situation. And I actually, uh, one of my friends um, is in American Horror Story. And when I went to visit her on set for American Horror Story Freak Show down in New Orleans, Heather Langenkamp was working on that show, um, I think in hair and makeup or something. So I actually met her there. <laughs> she was working oh. on that series. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah. And she still, you know, is recognized for that role and ha goes to all the conferences where there's fans and um you know we're, we're with her on that journey um you know even though you could argue all the acting is not that great but you know it somehow works not just her acting i'm talking about everybody's in the film right. the body bag down the hallway at, at school you know that's another one that's so so iconic <laughs> oh yeah. that is oh I'm done. Sorry. Else. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that 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 still to this day disturbs me. That the way the bugs come out of her mouth and all that. <laughs> all right, Tony, go for it. Oh, okay. Um, I think one of the scariest things about the movie is that this is based off a true story. You know, like the mm. kid having a nightmare and then dying, and like like inspiration for the movie. Like that right there is like scary enough you know that you could like die in your sleep for real by something and um now while this one might not be my favorite nightmare movie like i'm i'm a dream warrior as well <laughs> um in fact i like them all for for them how they are dream child i like most of it yeah, but I I'm not like a big fan of the whole the movie itself. I could skip it, you know. I yeah. like four. Everyone hates four. I thought the four. I, thought I, like, fun. I like four as well. It's fun. Freddy's yeah. Dead is the shitty one. Yeah, Freddy's Dead is not shitty. Yeah, Freddy's oh, Dead has three D monsters that come at you. <laughs> the power glove. Power. <laughs> and the, the second the second nightmare actually has grown on me. I'm actually a fan of it now. Second nightmare is, yeah. is very good. You know, but anyway, we're not talking about that. Oh, we're uh, fun, though. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I you know, watching it nowadays. You know, like I, you could see some things like where she's walking up the stairs where you showed that picture, and you could see where there's the parts where she's supposed to, you know. So that kind of takes me away from it a little bit at times. But like the fact that like he can kill you in your dreams is is scary enough because you can't stay awake. Because then if you do. You saw in the remake what happens if you're up too long. He can attack you in and out of a dreamscape while you're alive. And I only ever watched the remake once. And at first I was like, yeah, it's, it kind of was sucked. It sucked. But 
there's good things about it. Like I like what I just said about him flashing in and out of the dream and that was coming back. And yeah, that was um, they actually made him what he's supposed to be. Like he's just he's like a child serial killer, but he's actually worse than that. You know, and they made him that in that the the R word. I don't want to say right, it, right, right. but uh, you know, it's For the like remake, yeah, yeah. And um, but the face looked it was terrible looking yeah <laughs> but uh i mean this it was just like so scary he was so scary um i actually used to dream <laughs> this is fucked up i used to dream that i was watching him chase people in front of like a like a sanitarium or something mm-hmm. and i was so, for some reason like spider-man hanging on the wall and then <laughs> i hel- and then i helped him kill people <laughs> so, any psychiatrists watching you know just message me this, i need some help wow. but um i i was gonna say something before and i can't think of, like oh, uh like scary. the fact that you can yeah. pull him out but the mm-hmm. thing is he was real and then they did kill him and then they brought him to be this like dream god that's why they pull him out so many times and then he can get killed and it's like it doesn't matter he's just gonna go back to where he was I mean, the guy influenced Jason to kill for him, <laughs> but that's another that's another versus, I guess. But uh, I re- I really like the movie. Again, not my favorite in the franchise, but I like it. I like the second one. The second one's weird, but like, it's great. It's like good, it's good weird now. <laughs> it's good weird now. Yeah, um, it's I like that. You know, it finally got its popularity and everything. Just that the guy that played the actor, like he got. He couldn't get act uh, work after that, like for a while. But, uh, yeah, there's a documentary on it. I heard it was really good. I haven't watched Screen it. Screen Queens. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check. Really that. good. Yeah. Were there any but, other yeah. negatives, Tony? Or the, the oh, negative. <laughs> um. Well, not really. I would okay. say the Johnny Depp bed night Halloween never had anybody throwing up in a theater from a from a scene. <laughs> And, uh, um, this is amazing. I'm gonna play it, play this GIF here while you keep talking, Tony. And, yeah, this is, and of course, the phenomenal. John Saxon, yeah, John Saxon, man. He, he, he had that like weird, yeah, incestual like relationship with her, which was Love makes it. you uncomfortable as well. So, not only you're afraid of this guy in dreams and you don't know where he's gonna pop up and do what, but it's like, is he gonna hit on his daughter again? You know, I'm, I'm just gonna leave this on for the rest of the stream. What do you think? That's fine. <laughs> But yeah, I love that scene. Love that scene. All right. All right, let's move That's on. That's how Chaos. I used to look when I was like 23 years old. I used to drink cherry vodka all the time. This guy. Yeah, go for it, man. Classy. Um, uh, I'm a sucker for imagination. I'm a sucker for creativity. And if there's one thing this movie has is uh, an abundance of creativity. Um, it is uh, leaps and bounds over anything in this genre in terms of its imagination and, and in terms of what it, it, it delivers the audience. And, and I like that. I like that a, a, when a horror movie gives me something new to look at, new something new to experience, something we, nobody's talked about yet is Robert England. Um, he is study. Without this guy, th- this character would not be as as unique and iconic. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. uh, David Warner was going to play him at one point. I can't even see that. Uh, I, I I don't even know what that would have been like. Uh, that 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 would have felt almost like Christopher Lee playing Freddy. That just it just feels so weird, a weird choice. 
Um, but Robert England just nails it. And not only that, he loves it. He's come back for every movie that he's been asked to come back for. And he loves the fans. Sure, he charges $100 an autograph, but that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that, that's that pays the bills. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, but uh, the fact that he created a character and it became such not only an iconic character, but such a part of his life and that he, he hasn't, like like Jamie Lee, sort of like, no, no, I, don't, I want nothing to do with this franchise anymore until she realized she wasn't getting any more work. And now, well, now I want to be in all of them somehow. Uh, you know, he never gave up on Freddie and Freddie never, never gave up on him. And this movie is, it's, it's masterfully, masterfully made. And like Tony uh, said, I didn't even know that it was based on a true story until I did research. And um, uh, the, 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 the craziness of, of the actual true story is so bizarre and so frightening that it, that I think will prevent people from going to sleep more than Freddie. Um, now we, we, we mentioned, oh, you know, Freddie gets you in your sleep. So he's scarier. Well, Michael Myers can kill you whenever, you know, during daytime or nighttime, he's, he's coming after you. Um, but in terms of creativity, I think, I think Nightmare on Elm Street uh, edges Halloween out. And I'm not going to say what I'm voting for just yet, but okay. when it comes to my, when it comes to my decision, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend that these are one and done movies and that I just watched them, and, and nice. then I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna decide that way. Um, nice, I because, like that. You know, because like because it's so hard. We have different connections to these movies. I was never a big nightmare guy. I still I'm not really a giant nightmare guy. When the Blu-rays came out, I don't even have them on Blu-ray, man. And I buy everything. I don't. I, <laughs> I still have I still have the DVD set. Uh, Halloween, I've got 800 copies of that. You know, VHS, laser disc. I've got three different Blu-rays. You know, it's, this does, that it movie, still isn't deciding who you're voting for, right? It still isn't deciding, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, but it's it's a toss up as to, uh, but I'm right. saying this is my connection to the franchise. Gotcha. But when mm-hmm. I decide, it will be coming at what the movies deliver uh, by themselves. Um, a Nightmare is a great movie. It, it's it, it's very well done. Uh, like April said, the acting is not excellent. Um, I love I love Heather. I think she's great. I've met her. Uh, my daughter. My daughter and I met her. She's she's watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and um, Heather's really nice, very kind. Uh, in the movie, she's not the best. Um, I, you know, I would even say Johnny Depp is still trying to figure his shit out. <laughs> um, uh, um, and Rod, the guy who is Rod as well, um, Tina as well. There's some cringy moments when it comes to the dialogue, um, but I I just love this movie's balls. And you can put that on the box and put that on the back yes. of the box. <laughs> um, um, that, I, I like this movie. But ball. that is a testament that it still works and it's still good despite the acting not being great across the board. That it overcomes that. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if a movie can do that, then and then yeah, it'll it'll stand the test of time. However, Michael Myers can be remade semi-successfully, whereas Nightmare on Elm Street seems to not be able to. We got that remake; it was trash. Done. I don't. Yep. I don't not even think. I don't even think we're gonna see him for a while. I think even Jason's gonna come back before Freddy does. So I don't know. I don't know. Does that speak to the characters? Does that speak to the love of the franchise? I don't know. But um, it's a toss up. But this is a, a this is a thumbs up movie for sure, and it's a really tough decision. And that's me. Nice, nice. We sure. did have Jason come back in that remake. Yeah, and that was a good remake. Uh, I like it. Jason's yep. easy to remake. All you need is naked people in the woods and Jason. 
<laughs> All you need is somebody in a mask. Nobody's Freddie Freddie uh, Robert England. That's the right. exactly right. Yeah, that's 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 what makes uh, Nightmare so special. That you can't do it without Robert England. And I don't think you can do it without Wes Craven. But we'll, we'll get to me. All right, Ben. Oh me? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, I I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I will tell you right now, it never scared me uh, ever. Uh, and I saw it in theater back in 1984. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but I love it. I love Robert England. I love his performance in the film. Uh, Heather Langenkamp, I think, I'm going to say this, is going to be a little bit controversial. I think she's a better final girl than Jamie Lee Curtis uh, in, in the film. Because I like the fact that we get we do get a, uh, a continuation like with her. And it goes in a different way than like Jamie Lee Curtis. It's every time she comes back, it's all about PTSD. That's what it is. It's PTSD. Uh, Heather Langenkamp's a survivor. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that I that I, I like that I enjoyed that he wanted to do something different, but that's you know that's another film. So going back to this one here, I love the the, the dark fancy aspect of it. I I love the score of the film too. Actually, I think it has a really good score. I think Amanda Weiss is a bit stronger, in my opinion, of an actress at that time than Heather Langenkamp was, and I was actually kind of surprised when I originally watched the film in the theater that Tina was the one that that died because I thought we were going to be following Tina and the bait and switched. And of course, you know, that's, you know, we get meet Tina first kind of on purpose, kind of like a, a cycle type of thing. I know the things that took me out of it was some of the, as good as like a lot of the effects were one of the most hilarious things that, that I've seen is that like those long arms, <laughs> like I cracked up in the theater of that it's like, it almost like it's got those roughly kind of like, they're like, you know, huge pipes things, but they're, it looks like a, yeah, I know a mariachi type band, like type. Play. And uh, it, it got me. I, even in the theater, when I first saw this, I thought this was, this was hilarious. Um, but Robert England is fantastic in this. Uh, and Hey, give credit to, to Johnny Depp and his crop. <laughs> I remember the eighties. I remember those. I remember those those crop shirts, those short crop shirts. I wore those back then. Uh, so stylish. Right on. And they do show it in the remake, by the way. The crop shirt shows up. <laughs> um, one of the only good things about the remake, that and the micronet that thing aspect of it. Uh, but no, I utterly adore this film. I love you know, like even it didn't scare me, but I love a lot of aspects of, of the film itself. Love the cast. I don't think it's as bad acting wise as you like. It's not. You know, it's not perfect, but for, you know, for like young, fresh actors like Johnny Depp, like it's crazy because he he didn't like this was his thing to do in one acting role so he could get his band going. And oh, wow. that kind of went a different direction. That's like Meatloaf, who started to do music so he could get his acting career going. And both of them kind of switched directions <laughs> of what they're going to do. But I utterly, uh, utterly adored it. I liked. Uh, I can't think of a lot like negative, except for the fact that some of the effects are dodgy, um, and the big arm effect is dodgy still by the standards of 1984. Okay. But um, most of the effects, I think, I think still work well. Uh, the practical effects work better. The fact that they remade this and they had the CGI to use and did not make a nightmare escape world blows my mind. And the other thing that I have to say is, unlike most people, and I probably everybody else in this one here, I don't consider this a slasher film. I, I don't consider this a slasher film at all. I think this is a dark fantasy horror. Uh, it, I don't see it as a slasher film. I know that, you know, technically he's got razor blades, and he, you know, he's got the knives and he slashes people. But 
on the very bare minimum do I become a slasher film. Um, Not even I'm, a supernatural I'm, slasher? I'm iffy on supernatural slashers. Like, okay. I'm not, not going to lie to you. Like, and, but, uh, you know, I, I like some of them. And I'm, I grew up with slashers. I'm, I'm an 80s kid. Slashers were my generation. Much in the way that Rick grew up with, like, the with the monster films and the creature features. Slashers, that was my thing. That's like, that was my childhood. But uh, when we got there, it's like getting a t-shirt from our merch store. Suspiria is not a jello. <clears throat> and that's going to be a shirt. I'm doing that. Uh, because people keep saying that and they're wrong. It's not a jello. Nightmare on Elm Street is not a slasher. It's a dark fantasy. And that's not a bad thing to be. Because there's not, you know, a, a ton of really fantastic dark fantasy films. There's a, there's a few. Like, you know, Phantasm, stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a great category to be in. Uh that's uh, yeah, I guess that's the best way to go. I didn't consider a slasher film. All right. So sumo. Yo, um, so uh going back to when I said watching movies, uh scary movies at the age of six, Nightmare on Elm Street was the first movie I saw when I was six years old. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you know <laughs> look, I went to a cousin's house, uh hanging out, all the bigger kids decided to pop it into the VHS. I'm jealous. I happen to be in the room. But again, being in a Hispanic household, there are no rules. We want to watch. If there's boobs and nudity, we do this. Everything else this. we go. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so watching this for the first time, dude, I was my, my, my mind was blown. It was just so great. You know, and it, I don't know if it's a twisted thing that a six-year-old would think that's so great, but I fucking loved it. It was great. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, Watching this, you know, seeing the, the practical effects on this. I mean, I believe, I don't know if Wes Craven was the first person to design the spinning room to make that effect of the girl, you know, going along the wall and, 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 and you know, walking upside down. But it was it was a pretty genius idea to use to make that effect. I mean, just look at that. That's just great. Mm. You know? And then, again, with, with the blood effects and, 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 the, and the nightmare sequences, obviously, the first one and the new nightmare to me were the darkest out of the, the whole entire series, you know, and then part two also is a very great movie. Um, I really enjoyed that one. And then going on with the rest of them, that's when they started getting a little cheesier over time, you know, with the comedic event, uh, the element and all that stuff. So I still enjoyed them. I still watch them. Why? Because they're fun to watch, you know, with Halloween, you get, you get it. It's a, it's a straight up slasher film. It is what it is. It's, it's a very, just one tone effect. And it's like, okay, cool. But with Nightmare on Elm Street, it just kind of it goes crazy at times, you know, and it's really fun to watch, you know. And then, like I said, growing up, this is like, this is my first uh, DVD yeah. that I purchased. Yeah. You know, I'm a little sad that the, the Blu-ray took out the 3D element out of Part Six. That that really was awful. But I, I love the 3D effect. I saw Freddy's Dead in the theaters, hmm. and I wish I would have kept the damn glasses because those were like the coolest glasses. But I lost them. But Again, growing up with these movies, to me, it was just, it's, it's always been a, a wonderful thing to, you know, to see. And to this day, I mean, again, I agree with everybody. The sequel is terrible. It's trash. Well, not the sequel, the, um, the remake. Oh, just awful. But the rest of the franchise, loved it. All right. Excellent. Kung Fu Santo. By the way, that effect with the wall was probably originally done in a musical with Fred Astaire called Easter Parade. Oh, nice. Where he dances on the ceiling and on the walls, and there was a little bit of that in 2001: A Space Odyssey as well. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, 
Um, in another adventure, I was asked to be special media consultant for the revival of the Twilight Zone and on CBS in the mid-80s. And I was, and we had, William Friedkin was one of the directors. Um, uh, it was uh, John Milius was one of the directors there. And it was awesome to be on the lot and on the set. It was the same lot where they were also filming Hill Street Blues and St. Elsewhere and uh, the Bob Newhart show, which was also, and I could go anywhere I wanted and do anything I wanted. But nothing was better than the day because in the Twilight Zone, we were doing different stories with different directors for each story. Nothing surpassed the day that Wes Craven came on to the lot. I was thrilled because, again, having worked with Fangoria, Famous Monsters, Movie Monsters, Starlog, and others, and also doing the book, uh, I had already written about his past. I hadn't gotten up to Nightmare on Elm Street and the subsequent things that he did. But already I was idolizing him because I just, I think somebody else said, yeah, I think uh, Cult Cinema, you said this as well. Uh, and other people were saying about what the difference in Nightmare on Elm Street is the difference between a craftsman and an artist. As far as I'm concerned, I've studied Shakespeare. I've appeared in Shakespeare. Shakespeare wrote entertainment for the masses. It's only later that it became culture with a capital K. I consider Wes Craven the Shakespeare of slashers. Because you look at The Hills Have Eyes, you look at Last House on the Left, which was based on an Ingmar Bergman movie, Virgin Spring. He never does anything on the surface. If you look under the surface of Nightmare on Elm Street, now you were talking, I mean, uh, the, you made a definition that it didn't scare you. I don't go, I don't, nothing scares me. Death doesn't scare me. Spiders don't scare me anymore. Man's inhumanity to man often scares me. But when I go to the movie, I see the movie. I want to see the movie do something. I'm not expecting to be scared because the only thing they can do nowadays is the jump scares. And it's like, and even that I'm going, rolling my eyes. Nightmare on Elm Street, I thought, was genius because what is horror? Terror, most slasher movies are terror movies, which is fear of the known. Most supernatural movies are fear of the unknown. That's what the definition of horror is. What is the baseline of Nightmare on Elm Street? Where does horror come from? What scares everybody? What, well, I'll tell you what scares everybody, whatever scares them. It comes from you. It comes from inside your own mind. Dare I say it, your dreams, <laughs> your nightmares. That's what, I mean, I had a nightmare when I was a kid that was so bad that I could, I was paralyzed for a minute and a half when I woke up. And that was just sounds and sights. You created it. Wes Craven was smart enough to make a movie about what real fear was, which was inside your own mind. And did I write a book about it? Of course I wrote a book about it. <laughs> I wrote the third book in the Book of the Undead series that I wrote. It's called Worst Nightmare. Second one, by the way, in case you want to know, is Living Hell, and that was my rewrite of The Omen. But that's neither here nor there. But in any case, the trick in Worst Nightmare is it, Freddy would never work unless you were scared of it, unless the fear was coming from your own fears and from you. 
If you stop for a second, which is what happens to the girl in this book, if you stop for a second and just say, hey, this guy's a child molester from hell. If he can come back from the dead, anybody can. I can. You know, once once Freddy shows up or once anybody from a ghost shows up or a demon shows up, that's proof of life after death. And at that point, you've got nothing to be afraid of. Because, okay, we don't just go into nothingness. But because it came from their own minds, and that's Wes Craven. Wes Craven didn't want to do number two, but he, he wanted to do number three. He came back for number three. The plot he had for number two was the one he came back for later on, the, a new nightmare. That was his plot of number two. But he came and redid that. But number three, which is still the best of all time, because that's what Heather got to do. He got to say, there's no reason I should be afraid of this guy. He should be afraid of me. In all my in all my slasher concepts and my slasher movie ideas, it's always a matter of the female victim. And that's another reason that this was so popular and I got onto the incredibly strange film show. Because in this book, I differentiate between a female character who's debased and a female the character who's degraded. And if you're debased, yeah, you're the victim. But if the only reason that you're in the movie is to be slaughtered, then you're degraded. And I didn't like that. I want my female, I want all my victims to get pushed so much that they go, fuck this. I'm fighting back. And that's what I was happy with Laurie. But again, she was so depressed. She was an alcoholic and all this sort of stuff. And I was sort of like going, your mind is strong enough because you create these fears in your own mind. You also can create your own dreams in your own mind and just sort of say, fuck you, man. You should be afraid of me and go after him and his dreams, which is something Rick and Morty did, which was kind of sweet. So, <laughs> yeah, so basically I think Halloween in terms of slasher movies is the best eye candy. But Nightmare on Elm Street is the base, is the thing that I'm always looking for, the best mind candy. I don't want to just have entertainment for my eyes. I also want to have it for my brain. Guess who I'm voting for? <laughs> Friday 13th. Now, I have a comment on that. I, what you just said is a different take, but that's never, it, it's very interesting, but it's never how I saw that movie, the movie Nightmare on Elm Street, because there there's this, extra so there is the stuff in the mind and in the dreams and that she's scared of but then there's this extra thing that happens where the mom takes her to the boiler room and shows her you know the the gloves and that he was a real person but we killed him the parents killed him so he wouldn't harm the children but he he's still back to harm their children and so even though mommy killed him and even though her dad is a cop neither of them can protect her. So it's a, it's, a, it's a teen growing up, coming of age and realizing that the parents can't protect her, she has to do it herself. So the, the idea of the layer of the, the dream being the fear, that's one layer, but when you add that part that the mother tells about the story, I think that's the layer that I always felt like the film was really about. That's awesome, that's yeah. awesome, absolutely true. Yeah, that was, you know, especially re-watching it. I mean, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was trippy, man. It was just like, oh, so you lied to us this whole time? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, what drove me nuts at the end, though, was that that one cop drove me insane. She's bu Heather's busting out the window, the first window. Help! He's in here, help! And the guy's like, 
it, it's going to be okay. You can only kill the cop so bad. There's a great line in Loki, in Loki, where she says, "The one who's in control has the freedom." And I'm saying, yeah. well, if you think about it, we all have control of one thing, ourselves. Right. So that's another great thing about that movie. You're absolutely right. It's teaching her to go. Okay, let's go. No one else can protect me. I'm going to protect you. Oh, that cop was driving me crazy. After like the third window, she breaks. She breaks the window and the door. Help! I guess I'll uh, get her dad. <laughs> like ten minutes later. <laughs> but yeah, April brought up a good point. But yeah, that's that's a, a, one of the most intriguing parts of the story is the parents lied. They murdered. They murdered him and they covered it up. I mean, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Raven always has levels if you look for them. One. Of I my, will say. Can I say oh, one Tony? thing? Rick said about like a jump scares and everything nowadays. The only thing nowadays, and I might have said this before, that I'm still to see it freaks me out and actually legitimately scares me is the nun in The Conjuring 2. Oh, wow. I think she is. I'm like legit terrified of her. Like I couldn't even look at a picture. I'm like, nope. She's terrifying. I'm sorry. The, the painting scene, man, when her hands came out. Oh, like, shut up. <laughs> oh, that my was great. Because it's like great. something's going to happen with that fucking painting. And then oh, the painting alone. There it goes. I, I look at I'm, I got goosebumps. I, seriously, I have goosebumps. I'm, I'm buying you that painting. Oh, you're not. That's <laughs> my screensaver, actually. No. Uh, still love this scene at the end. Still love this scene. Love yeah. it. Just snatched, just snatched up mom. Boop. It's still a dream. Or is it? Yeah, still love that. But my favorite line in the movie is when uh, he's chasing uh, his first victim, and she goes, God, please. And he goes, this is God. That was great. Mm -hmm. This is like, this 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 line here is fucking gangster, man. Like, this is just great. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> line in the movie. So let's go ahead. It's time to vote. Now, remember, with verses and with voting, remember, it could be for any reason. Why you're choosing the winner? It could be you could you could be a critic about it, right? You could be a critic about it, or you know what? I'm biased. I like this character more than the other character. It could be for any reason. Okay, so the, before we get that, make sure that's clear. All let right. Me, so, oh, quick, go ahead. Quick interjection. I'm go so because you had to bring up the knife at the end of this book when the 12 year old girl that the uh, this uh, child molester from hell who comes back who was a Danbury cop. Uh, confronts her, he decides to try to torment her by pretending he's Freddy. And so he has blades come out of his fingers. And she just, and at this point, she's an avenging angel. And she just smiles and she goes, okay. And then she has blades come out of her fingers. Then she has blades come out of her teeth. Then she has blades come out of her eyes. Then she has blades come out of every single, every single cell, every, every single pore. And then she widens her arm and goes, come here. Gives him a big hug. <laughs> That's the end of this book. <laughs> Spoilers. Copy that. That's it. So all we need is Rick to uh, write the script and April to direct it. That's all we need. <laughs> We're good to go. Send you right. the book. Time to vote. April, you go first. I'll go last. Go ahead, April. Oh, I'm I'm Halloween all the way. I mean, right. I I really like both films. I think they all did important things for the genre. I think they're both fantastic filmmakers. But I just I think across the board, Halloween is a better film. All right, copy that, Tony. Oh shit, I'm second. <laughs> uh, 
So that's two I, for Halloween. Again, so I still far, like Halloween. I still like Halloween. Um, but I'm all right, all right. This is getting interesting. Interesting. Remember, chaos and pin could be for any reason. You don't have to be a critic about it, or you can, or you can be a critic about it. Go ahead, chaos. Oh man, I almost want you to leave me for last because this is really tough. <laughs> um, uh, sumo, we'll go to sumo. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sumo. Go okay. Ahead. Uh, like I said, this uh, I saw it as a kid. It's a childhood favorite. Okay. Uh, and it continues to be my favorite. I'm just a bummed out that John Saxon didn't do any martial arts in it. <laughs> you know, it could punch it would have been off. You know, but it's this guy. Oh, all right, all right. So it's two to two now, Aaron. This was hard. Now, I think you thought that because it did, I said it didn't scare me, that was a negative. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be a negative. It's just meant to be like the way that I that I saw the film at the time. Uh, other ones scared me, uh, but uh, this was hard for me. I came in, knowing, kind of not wondering, sort of what I was going to pick, but being more on one side than the other. I came in with Nightmare on Elm Street as as my pick initially, because I just because I love Craven, and I love Craven's body work. I love what he's done, and he's reinvented like film and genres, and over, over the years, Scream. Was bring about slashers back, uh, but I feel if I choose it, I'm choosing it because I love Craven, and I'm not choosing it because of the film itself. And I do love both of these films. I don't think this is Craven's strongest film. I, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, there's uh, I love The Hills of Ice. I I love New Nightmare. I really do. I think that the the commentary that it does is fantastic. And I love his I love his screen films. I love Scream Four. I do. I actually like Scream Four probably the second most out of all the screams. It's just it's, it's the it's, best sequel. It is. It's like because and it's the scariest because the, the killer is scary. Jill is scary. She'll she'll kill anyone. Her parents, her friends, doesn't matter. She will kill. Um but the movie that scares me, that keeps me up at night to this day, that if I hear the music, I I get I tense up. All right. There it is. Chaos. This is my precious. <laughs> Mine's on eBay. <laughs> uh, damn. Now, Aaron. Are we tying totally now? What, what, what are we in? Uh, I think it's. Yeah. What is that? We're, uh, we're tied. Is it a tie now? Oh, no. Yep. Wait. No, no, no. We forget about Lewis. So that's, uh, that's oh, yeah. three to two. Three to two. Okay. As of right now. Damn it. Okay. If I did. Okay. Um, if it was based on directors, I'm a Carpenter guy. I love everything he's made, except The Ward. But I even like Ghost of Mars and Vampires. Mm-hmm. So I think those are fun movies. I love Carpenter. I, I love I love his the way he makes a movie. Um, Wes Craven, I've never been a giant Wes Craven fan. Scream is my favorite Wes Craven movie. Um, but, I mean, I like his movies, but I'm not over the moon about his cinema so if it was based on directors, it would be Halloween. If it was based on first time watch, it would be Nightmare on Elm Street. So I, I'm very torn. You know, oh, Jesus. If it's based on legacy, it would be Halloween. But if it's based on balls, based it would on be what? What? What's your pick? That's there you go. <laughs> oh, 
Remember, if we do this again a year later, you could change your pick. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, we, we, we might have to. Um, Halloween. I'll go with Halloween. Okay. Halloween. It's four to two. Ouch. All right. Mm. Rick? Nightmare. Yeah. Four to three. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my no goodness. It's four to three. I am right about that, right? Yeah. Because yep. I, I can't add. I'm horrible with math. Okay. Oh, that means if you say nightmare, we're gonna go to the go to the general public. Yep, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the oh, go to army's boat to break the we're tie. No. All right, you know I I just more I'm more nostalgic for nightmare. You know I've seen that first way. Remember I saw Halloween late, and as much as I love Halloween, I just I just I just love Freddy man. And I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack here, but I don't care. I'm gonna represent. Voorhees is my guy. Okay, Friday the Thirteenth. I don't care what people say about it. Voorhees is my that's my that's my homie right there. Voorhees, and I've always gone Voorhees, Voorhees, Freddy, and Myers. That's my that's my that's my my list. That's my dude right there. So I gotta go Nightmare because I, I'm more nostalgia for it as much as I love Halloween. So we gotta break a tie. We gotta break the tie. What did the audience on the internet pick? What will break the tie? Who will win for versus? Oh. Boom. Look oh, at that. You fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. The public never agrees with me. I never agree with the public. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So Halloween is the winner for tonight. Uh, Sam could not. Sam may he may have broken the tie. He couldn't make it tonight. Uh, Sam from Brickwell Pictures. He's he's. On I think you said Nightmare on Elm Street. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my show. I'm changing the the winner. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, there you go. Halloween one for today. This was a blast. Always fun talking movies with you guys. There is no losers here. We're all winners because why? We love horror movies, baby. That's how we do. We come together talking horror, all genres. So don't forget, subscribe to Master Chaos TV, son. Subscribe to Aaron Penn, son. Subscribe to Tony, Mr. Tony of the Dead. Eh, if you feel like subscribing to Sumo, you can. <laughs> he never posts anything. <laughs> ain't got shit, man. Start pressuring him, chat. Start pressuring Sumo to start posting some stuff. That's right. Buy them books, Films of Fury, Rick Myers. Got the knowledge. That's right. And don't forget to check out all of April's works. Phenomenal stuff. That's right. I put a trailer uh, for her most recent documentary in the description box below. And don't forget, if you want, you can check out our podcast. She was a guest here. It was always awesome to have the lovely April with us. And April, you're always welcome. Like I said before, make this your second home. Always <laughs> welcome to come back and talk horror movies or future verses and whatnot. It's always fun having you here, sharing I'm, your knowledge. I'm always happy to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll switch. Come up yeah. with two. Two verses of your own. There you go. Yeah. Pick the next one for us. Let me know. Let me know if you got any ideas, April. And I probably do. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. could do it for next week. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Thanks again for watching. You guys are awesome. Keep watching movies, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. We're gonna have some more special guests tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pacific time. I'll see you guys there. Take care, guys. <laughs>